Hey, hey, welcome to another edition of The Audible presented by Verizon. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Ben Lieber. And Ben, episode 13 is here of The Audible. I want to say with Verizon 5G built right for the Vikings, Minnesota can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. And Ben, mm -hmm. he's a guy that has been the um, saving grace for this defense thus far. W what is your thoughts on our, on our upcoming guest and Eric Kendrick so far this year? For him to be as dependable and accountable and productive as he's been, it's been remarkable. Um, he just seems to always kind of be in the right spot at the right time and making the plays when we need him to make plays. And, uh, and we can trust that he's going to be there for every snap. Last week, we're down all four of our starting defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. Eric Kendrick's eight tackles, but there were so many plays on film that you saw. And you say, like, if EK's not in that position, that play goes a little further. Granted, we did give up 200 yards on the ground, but there it, it comes to a point when you say, okay, we got to turn this corner eventually. If EK is going to continue to make these plays, you, from a run defensive perspective, we got to turn this corner. You need that stable rock that's going to be in there in those meeting rooms and on the practice field to lead these guys to figure out how to turn the corner. And so that's where I think you know he's he's as important, you know, even more so important uh, importance of just his presence being felt in the mm -hmm. locker room. Uh, is what's going to help this defense turn it around once these guys start getting healthy and coming back. Turnovers were, were the story of the game on Sunday. Turnovers and then the 21 points that we gave up in four minutes. Um, right before the half, we gave up another touchdown before mm -hmm. the half, which is kind of the story of the season thus far. And then they score in the opening possession of the second half. We throw an interception on our first possession, mm -hmm. and then they score again. You, you can't do that if you want to be a, a good team in the NFL. No, you can't do that. And, you know, let's go back to the, to the points at the end of the first half again. We were sitting great on third down. You know, I think Patrick Peterson got called for a really weak, you know, defensive holding it's call. Terrible. So you could look at it on paper and say, well, you shot yourselves in the foot. You know, I know everybody's asking, like, well, what's going on schematically and why can't we do like, well, it comes down to those little things. You know, you can't shoot yourself in the foot on third down. They took that penalty because they weren't successful. They get a free first down. Then we get in third and long again, and we give up a play right over the middle of the field to, to, to IU. There are opportunities. We didn't capitalize on it. If you are looking at it clearly, um, yes, our offense, I was, we had talked about before the game, it's going to have to be a shootout. Yeah. You know, it, this may have to be an Arizona Cardinals type game where our offense carries our defense. And I say that because... The reality of the situation is we didn't have one starter on the defensive line. It's crazy. Going against one of, one of the most powerful and formidable offenses uh, when it comes to running the football. That heavily favors them. Mm -hmm. Our defense also has been struggling to get off the field, so time of possession has been big. And then you get a team that runs the football and, and chews up the clock. And if, if our offense stumbles at any point, then you can just feel this cascade of, of okay, they're going to overpower us. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. So, like, I think it'd be, it'd be different if we shut down the run mm -hmm. and or we were playing amazing run defense and then we found other ways to lose, then I'd be more upset. But, like, they ran their offense. We are who we are on defense. Mm -hmm. That just is not a good matchup for a victory for the Vikings. Um, we're 5-1. We're when we have a rusher that runs for 81 yards, well, 80 yards or more. Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook had 38 last week. It, it, it gets to a point where you say, okay, do we have to start throwing the ball to set up the run, or are we still a team that we want to run the ball first to get the pass game going? I'm not sure if we have figured that out yet based off of last week, but still it's to the point now where you just say, okay, we, we've seen a formula for success, mm -hmm. but we got to find a way to run the ball effectively going forward. I'm kind of convinced myself that I think this is this should be more of a, a pass-first offense. And, and I look at it from this standpoint that when you – I'm not saying you have to drop back 
five and seven step drop. I'm just saying from what we've seen this offense the last few games, their willingness on first down to throw out the smoke, to throw the hot, to throw the now pass out to the outside, to find that one cornerback that's playing that off coverage and just throw the ball right now. That's as good as a run. That's a high percentage throw. Mm-hmm. Yes, things can happen if the receiver drops it. And let's just say that he's behind the line of scrimmage or the ball's thrown backwards. It's a fumble. You have those risk factors. So it's much safer, I think, from an operational standpoint to run the ball. But what that ends up doing is sending a message to the defensive front that you can't just rush the passer yeah. every single time. You can't just penetrate the line of scrimmage to shut down the run and then work your way to get to the pass rush if it's play action. Being a defender, I know how tiring it is <laughs> to run laterally all game long, you know, and you ask those big body guys, if you stay in the same personnel and you play with tempo and you can, you know, mix in some no huddle, mix in some quick up to the line, those big bodies up front, they won't be able to stop the run Mm. because they're too damn tired right? because they can't rotate in and out and they're running horizontally to go, to go with these screen passes or these quick passes. It's hard. We have to start making it really hard on them and wear down the defense. And you don't always have to do that with smash mouth football running downhill. Half the time, those big guys, they'd love that. Mm-hmm. You know, if they just get a single block against an offensive guard, yeah, it's a little tiring, but it's better than pass rushing and running 30 yards exactly. laterally. One of the bright spots of this team is Kane Wangu. And he's got a kick return last week. But I want to ask you this before we ask Eric Kendricks in the next segment. When a team goes down to score a touchdown, right, and they get some momentum, and then they kick the ball off and then you score a touchdown, like how do you feel as a defense when you have some momentum now, but like you're like, dang it, like we were just on the field. Like how did, like what is that thought process like as a defense? Um, it's a little bit of a sigh of relief because you feel like, okay, we got some points on the board, you know. Um, but it is it is challenging, <laughs> you know, especially for the guys on special teams. You know, yeah. you, there are, you know, quite, I'm not saying specifically with this team, but in general, there's quite a few starters that still play special teams. And they have to play special teams, and especially on the coverage units because, you know, you want to put more defenders on the coverage units because they, they are bred to tackle, basically, mm-hmm. and that's their job. And so you're getting some defensive guys, even rotational guys that are, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sprinting downfield on a kickoff right after a kickoff return, and yeah. then they got to go play defense. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, I, I love the fact that we got seven <laughs> points, but I'm really tired right now. So, yeah, it is kind of a double edged sword because those thoughts do creep in your mind of like, poof, I'd really love a break right now. Well, we got to take a break right now. Yeah. And then after the break, we got Eric Kendricks coming on the show. So I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun, a lot of conversation, a lot to talk about. So, Vikings fans, stay tuned for Eric Kendricks coming up right after the break. Stay tuned for our guest of the week, Eric Kendricks, on the Audible presented by Verizon. All right, welcome back inside the festive TCO studios and our guest of the night again for the I'm third back. time, Eric Kendricks. How you doing, man? I'm back. What's up? <laughs> he like can't, he can't stay away from he us. He can't get away from us. I know. <laughs> he just loves it here. He does, and I feel like it's because of you and I that he comes back. It's like, well, yeah, man, it's, not, it's not because of the set. It's not <laughs> certainly not because of the guys behind the camera. Yeah. So apparently when PR brings in another guest, they show them our last episode. Okay. So you, apparently you did something right. It's on the TV. Must be relaxed then. I'm not it's, as nervous. Yeah, I, th- I think it's the... Usually I think, the cameras make me nervous. So, really? Yeah. But I feel comfortable with you guys. Man, that's... I, what, I actually find that hard to believe. I swear. <laughs> no, I, I like every every time like well when we've done what nineteen of these shows together now yeah, like that's what it feels like. You you seem very relaxed in front of a camera. I'm usually pretty nervous. I usually like question like after the interview like if I like what I said maybe if I like 
said something wrong or yeah. you know. No, you don't but say you don't say anything okay. wrong. But like that's like the biggest compliment that you can give somebody that asks questions. It's like, man, you guys make me feel relaxed. So mm -hmm. Vikings fans, I'm glad you heard that. And let's get into the show because we always start this thing out with a trivia question. Who is the Vikings all-time leader in tackles? I, I just talked about this the other day. It's it's not is Stubwell second or is he first? I'm gonna yeah. go with him. Yeah, you're right. You're All right. All right, cool. And I know that is Chad Greenway second? Nope. No, mm. someone else is second and Chad's third. Chad is fourth. Chad fourth? Is fourth? Dang. Yeah. I know that they're like I I remember like, I mean, in college when I got to UCLA, I was like, I looked up the record and I was like, I'm gonna beat the record. Mm. You know, beat the record. I got here and I was like doing the same thing, like, you know what? I'm gonna beat the record. Like, yeah, like now I looked at his and I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. That's a lot of tackles. Bro, you it's know like 1,700, right? No, 1,900. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. I think the craziest part of his stats, because we have it broken down here, he has 1,928 total tackles. <laughs> he has 1,266 solo tackles. It's beastie. It's be <laughs> it's that's, like, like, that's, like, that's enough for like a, a really great career right there, 1,200. Yeah, that's like that's, HOF. It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's beastie. I think I had 40 or something in my career. Shout out, to, shout out to Chad, though, too. I mean, that's... That's pretty difficult too, man. So Let's Chad see. is fourth on the list. Huge shout out to Chad. 1,300? 1,300. Yeah, he had 1,334. You want to go through the other three? Yeah, we have Matt Blair. Blair, that's what I was thinking 1,404. Of. Jeff Seaman, 1,375. And then Carl Eller as a defensive lineman, fifth. 1,118. That's, that's a lot. Did you have a relationship with Scott Stowell? Like, have you talked to him a few times before? I talked to him a few times okay. in the building and stuff. Like, like, what is the conversation like just understand i mean he know he probably scouted you so like he no knows. but it, but it wasn't like it wasn't ever like uh it wasn't ever like from a place where it was like you're yeah. a linebacker you're here son you need to listen to me no it was just like real friendly i knew like i seen like him up on the facility and him on the walls and stuff like that and i but i never put two and two together mm. until like my second year when i was like oh yeah like he's in the building like he's yeah. he's still you know like he's that's he's, a real person he's around <laughs> yeah he's around us like you know i was just you know didn't know anything but like he's uh, human it was always just like a friendly relationship, like what's up, you know. And I like that. The way he carries himself, he's like he's just a very kind of businesslike and humble dude. So you mm -hmm. don't he doesn't carry he doesn't carry himself like, hey, you gotta yeah. know who I am. Yeah, you know? he doesn't you know? exactly. Yeah. It's not like that, or it's not like this is how we played in my day. Like you yeah. guys don't know how we played. Like no, it was never like that. Like he respects the game, like all that. So it's cool. When you get to that level of dominance in the league as a as a defender, what kind of appreciation do you have for a defender like that? I just know that there are situations and when when he was playing where it was like he had to dig probably so deep within himself, like, you know, no one else probably knew how he felt in that moment. You know, mm -hmm. no one no knew what kind of pain he was going through. You know, his teammates around him may have had an idea, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, those those battles in the trenches, you know, um, there's nothing really to compare it to. You know what yeah. I mean? Like only the guys who were on the field with you in that moment really can like relate, I guess. I don't think we do a good enough job with the NFL of sort of honoring the guys that have sort of these Iron Man longevity sort of runs. You know, like that like Jim Marshall didn't miss a game. Mm -hmm. Like you as a as a current player, think about that. Like think about going your whole career and never missing a start. Yeah, it's like, like never uh, missing a game. It's like my my uh one of my good friends, Cam Jordan, you know, yeah. from the Saints, like I mean, I think his like his Crazy. his Street. record as far as that is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean the the amount of mental toughness and emotional toughness to like because you know it you know, right now, obviously, you're probably dealing with something that's uncomfortable, you know, and then you have to go out in the game and mm -hmm. you got to go play and not feel your best. And yeah, you got to do that. It gets dark sometimes, man. <laughs> it gets dark, for sure. I remember the last time we talked, you just talked about 
how massages don't feel good anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, man, I, I went home and I was just like, like I want to, I want a massage just to enjoy. And I was just like, I can only imagine how it feels to like, I don't want to get a massage this week. I don't I feel like it, but I got to do it. You know, you got to spend those two hours. I get it. Four hours actually, you know, depending. Has Kirk missed a game? No. I don't think he's missed a game in his no. Vikings career. In his career. Impressive. I don't think he's missed one in his career. Uh, really? Like uh, even yeah. back to Washington? Even back to, I don't think he's ever missed a game because of injury. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, That's wild. how many hits? He, I mean, granted, the, the game has changed, but. Yeah, but still, those still, guys still take a lot of, even, I mean, look at the worst injuries come when you get twisted up. Definitely. You know, like not even like the big control, impact. Friendly mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One topic that we've never talked about is like what you do off the field. Like all square, um, your Be The Change video that you just did. Like, we know you're very involved and we, we want to have a conversation, at least before the break, about this video that was just posted on Vikings.com about your unconscious bias Be The Change video. So my story is on unconscious bias. Um, unconscious bias is basically like preferences or, you know, it could be discrimination um, based on thoughts you have that are unconscious. You don't really think about them. So I've known about unconscious bias, but this offseason, um, I had a weekly meetings with professors with Anthony as well, and we l- went into more depth about it, and we had one specific day that was dedicated to unconscious bias. Um, so here's my story involving unconscious bias. I go to work out. You know, I'm working out. Uh, it's probably 7 a.m. We were, it's a one-hour lift. I'm, I'm out of there by 8. Um, we have our virtual meetings in the offseason, um, so I got to kind of rush home. Um, kind of quickly to, to get back for virtual meetings. But I look at, down at my gas tank and I'm out of gas. So I got to stop for gas. Um, it's 8 a.m., you know, um, people are starting to head to work, you know, whatnot. Um, I pull into this gas station. Gas station's relatively empty. I start, I start filling up my gas tank. When I'm filling up my gas tank, I'm the only one at all the pumps. And as I'm filling it up, a car pulls into the, the gas station now the car is filled with four people who look just like me. And I kind of look over, you know, kind of have a look and I'm like, no, wh- wh- you know, what are these people up to kind of thing, you know, as they, as they pull up at the, gas, at the gas pump right next to me. And originally I felt like, you know, I, I had this thought because there were so many other pumps that were available, but they kind of picked the one that was next to me. As soon as, as, soon as I start to have these kind of like feelings, these, these kind of emotions, and as soon as I look at them, um, the passenger just gets out of the, out of the, out of the car and he points at me and he's like, hey man, I like your shoes. And he just points to the ground. And we start having this conversation about, you know, how the LeBrons I was wearing, you know, came out when we were in high school. And it's a real friendly conversation. We start smiling, giggling, and you know, go about, go about our day, talk about various things, and then we go about our way. And as soon as I got in the car, I, I, I sat there and realized, even though me and this guy had a friendly interaction, me, me and this whole car full of people who looked just like me, had this friendly interaction. Initially, when they pulled up, I had this kind of uneasy feeling because of maybe events that have taken place in my life, you know, maybe stories I've heard from other people, maybe, you know, TV shows that I've watched, music I've listened to, you know, there's all types of factors that, that, that come into play when we're talking about unconscious bias. And it's not really, you know, it's not conscious, it's unconscious, it's something that you don't really think about. So me having those feelings and me, actually having this conversation with the people and it being to- two totally opposite things, I then begin to realize that, dang, that was my unconscious bias. And, and as soon as I recognize it, you know, I, t- I told myself to resist it. I feel like when we talk about these things and w- when these things come up in conversation, um, your, quick, your quick reaction is to say, hey, 
I'm, I'm not racist or, you know, uh, I'm not prejudiced. I don't have these kind of feelings. I don't feel this way. When in reality, you know, we, we all do. You know, I'm sitting here saying that I'm having these same feelings with people who look just like me. But in reality, you know, we all have them and we need to resist them when they come up and, and acknowledge them versus just letting them pass by and, and uh, not acknowledging them. So, um, you know, I hope you guys enjoy my story. You know, this is me uh, trying to be vulnerable with you guys and um, just helping us all understand that we all have these unconscious bias, but we all need to, you know, work against them and acknowledge them. So after watching that video, it's a really unique story. I know, you know, unconscious bias is, is a big thing and that goes on in the world, but what were like just some, some takeaways from that? Everybody has their own biases depending on, you know, things that happen, whether, you know, it's experiences in your life, you know, movies you watch, you know, things like that. I mean, it says it in the video, but like, we all have these kind of, you know, these unconscious bias and when, when they come up and they and you can recognize them, it's important for you to at least recognize them so you know that that's, that's a bias of yours, you mm -hmm. know. Everybody's not perfect, you know what I mean? But um, in order to start making change and, you know, teach the little ones to recognize these things as well, we gotta recognize them within ourselves. I watched that video and I think it's, um... I think it's true and I think it makes everybody sort of self-reflect on themselves because mm -hmm. like, you know, we're all guilty of it. I mean, you, you, you know, openly admit that, but like, there's a part of me too when I, when I have to put myself into like maybe my wife's situation or her shoes or maybe my daughter's shoes. I'm like, eh, there, there probably is a time or place where, hey, I'd rather have you err on the side of caution and maybe hold a little bit of unconscious bias, whether it's right or wrong. And maybe that gets you out of a sticky situation or you, get, you remove yourself before anything gets out of hand. Like Some of these things are just like, it's completely unconscious. Like you said, it's like, you know, I feel like I'm in imminent danger, you know, at that moment, I'm gonna react accordingly. Mm -hmm. There's some situations where that's not the case and you may react that way. Right. And you come to find out that that's not the case at all. Then that's when it's up to you to realize, dang, maybe I was, overreacting, how could I change that situation? You know, yeah. what are the reasons why I was thinking like that? How, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel what you're saying, you know what I mean? But like, it's, it's something that we deal with on day to day. I mean, I, I wear a polo, I wear jeans, but when I walk down downtown Minneapolis with my brother who has dreads, like, I, I mean, I see people clenching their purses or mm -hmm. locking their doors and it's just like, it shows that like, if we have this conversation and are self-aware enough to say like, okay, I was wrong in this situation and I can be better, and being better can make this society better. I think that's what it's all about. No doubt. It was just meant to, to bring up conversation and mm -hmm. self-reflection, like you, like you mentioned. Um, you know, because it's something that I, I learned and I, and I went through immediately. And I kind of just checked on myself. So I wanted to share with everybody else. Because I, I do the same thing with certain people. I'm just like, man, like the, how I just looked at somebody is that's not who they are. And we, we all fall victim to it. So this conversation, that's why I think the video is beautiful, man. Appreciate it. Um, speaking of reflecting. Um, I know All Square, uh, Randall, is that his name? Mm -hmm. um, he just lost his life. What did that loss mean to you and how can we continue to get better? You know, I'm, I'm still processing it, honestly. It happened two weeks ago. Been kind of in the grind of the season. Haven't really had a time to like really, to really like think about it. You know, it's been straight work and I want to be there for everybody. I want to be there for him, you know, but um, in the situation, I can't really be there as much as I want to be. Mm. Um, in the same breath, you know, um, just reflect, just reflecting on our, our relationship and how we met. Kind of was one of those situations where I was sitting down, didn't really know what to think, and these people t changed my whole opinion on, you know, what I m may have thought they were coming into the situation. And so, you know, I realized that leadership can come in all types of forms. You know, it it's not really, you know, in the expected way all the time. And they embrace that there at All Square, and they're doing a great job. And my heart's with them for sure. Um, hearts with Randall and his family. He uh, he did a lot for for them and a lot for the community of Minneapolis. So, you know, we got to just continue doing that. 
Is that sort of how you've gotten yourself involved in a lot of off the field things, like maybe just chance meetings, things that that just kind of come to you, or or do you have sort of this like internal vision and drive of like how you want to give back to the community based on your past experiences? I meet people along the way and meet great people who are doing great things. I latch onto those kind of people. You know, I feel like it's important for me to learn from them in that moment. It's definitely the relationships that I've met along the way that have led me to the next thing or you know, introduce me to the new person who is doing something great over here. And I don't really want to like limit myself. I want to just, you know, expand, expand on my knowledge of, of, of all the different ways to give back and, and to reach out if I find something that's really particular to me. And that's in that instance, I can lock in. Is there somebody that you that sort of inspires you that maybe you another even another sports figure that like that guy or gal is doing great work and like I need to maybe be more like that or they just inspire me to keep doing what I'm doing? I feel like I'm just inspired. Uh, by my teammate Anthony Barr, you know, my we've been we've been uh, obviously playing together for a while, but uh, he has raised the bar um, foundation, which is amazing, doing amazing work. So shout out to him. I want to just say rest in peace to Randall Smith and his family. Um, we're thinking of you. We're praying for you, and best of luck with your family going forward. Um, Ek, all right, we're going to talk some football after this. All right, so. sounds good. We'll be right back with more from Eric Kendricks on the Audible presented by Verizon. All right, we're back inside the TCO studios for another edition of The Audible. Eric Kendricks is here, Ben Lieber is here. My name is Gabe Henderson. I just need to get your thoughts just on this season thus far, just like as a whole. I don't think we've, we've ever asked you that, but just as a whole, like up to this point, what's your thoughts on this Viking season? It's been a grind, honestly. It's been just straight head down, working hard, you know, meetings, you know, practice, obviously. You know, games just grinding every time. You know, winning in the NFL is not easy by any means. You know, we've been a part of some really close games. Can go either way, but um, you know, here we are. So you know, it's just continuing that grind and um, beating Detroit. Is this the most the the most games in a season? that have gone down to the wire that you've ever been a part of? The most I mean, stressful season? The most stressful, like, yes. I mean, absolutely. Not only for me, but apparently for my family as well and everybody who, you know, watches the games because of me because I hear about it every week. We're, I mean, can you believe hard. that we're already in December, though? It's wild. I mean, that's, that's wild? That's what, that's what, I was like, I was like asking someone today, like, wait, how many how many games do we have left? Like, what's our, you know, what's, what's the standings? Because mm-hmm. we've just been like... If this is a teaching moment, right, to this point, it, it tells us to enjoy the process, mm-hmm. right? Because this is... Not the season that we wanted. We still got playoff picture. Like the playoff picture is still alive, but the fact that you just say we're in December, it shows that like, man, this thing goes by so quick. So while we are, you know, in the moment, in the moment, like let's let's appreciate it too. I agree with that. I love that that you said that because you're right. You know, we we do need to be present in the moment. Um, can't think too far ahead. Definitely can't think in the past. Mm-hmm. But we got to be right here, right now with Detroit and. Um, I love that you said that because that's that's my exact mindset today going, coming into work. What's your favorite outside of game day? What's your favorite day of the week during the season? <laughs> during the season, I like a Friday. Like all polished up, got the game plan in. You're feeling. Uh, let me tell you. I'll explain it from why I like Please. Friday. The game plan and everything. You know, you've been watching film for a couple of days. You're starting to get real comfortable with the game plan. You have a little short practice. Your body is probably feeling a, little, a lot better than it did <laughs> yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're starting to get your body back. You're starting to get the game plan down. You have a half-day practice. You know, I get my, my acupuncture and my massage, so I'm really starting to get dialed in. Enjoy a nice little dinner, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit slower of a day. Not a day off, but uh, yeah, and then you know, the next day, Saturday, so you think you're just kind of like, okay, the next day's the game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the last time you can kind of like really turn your mind completely off as far as like, 
before you go to bed and stuff like that, I guess. One thing that you don't like about Sundays is night games. So how excited are you to play a noon game on Sunday? It's a noon game? The, today's, yeah. This okay. week is noon. I'm with that. <laughs> See how present he is? See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, he's, hey, he's I'm, I'm, I embody it, it. Everyone's like, who do you who do you play next week? I'm like, shoot, I have no I idea know. sometimes. It's a noon game? I have no idea what time. What time's your game? You tell me. <laughs> I show up. <laughs> I show up. Well, we better we better tell him that he's playing the day on Thursday before. Night I'm looking at the schedule. Yeah. Like you yeah. need to get your mind right <laughs> for the, the Thursday night. The day game. I, I just look. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like I yeah. think that's I think that's fine when it's week to week. But when you've got the short the short week next to that, you got to know a little bit. But knowing that, right? Knowing that you got to get a win, but you got to recover really quickly. Like. Does anything change in the process for you as far as how you get your body back? I have a great team of people who who help work on me, get me right, and um, I'm just going to rely on myself and them. Well, the nice the nice part about Thursday games that I always thought was like it's a quick turnaround, but it's never physical practices. You know, like from a physical standpoint, like emotionally, like okay, I don't have to get like too like hyped up for this practice because it's pretty, Thursday. Yeah. And then you get the mini buy though. Then you get the like the little you mini do. buy after that. So Dan Campbell said this week, all we're doing right now as a Lions team is playing playing spoiler. Like we want to spoil team seasons. Understanding that, does anything change for you as far as like mental preparation? Obviously, you know, in your film preparation and stuff like that, you gotta know what, what's beat you with other teams as well because they may be looking at how other teams exploited you and they might try to copy those plays. Mm. So definitely a little bit of that. Special teams like, you know, fakes and things like that are never out of the question because mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, less to lose and you got to be ready. You got to be on your toes because, like you said, trying to, trying to get a win. We all are. Clearly, they're going to try to run the football against you guys because that's it seems like that's they want that to be more of their identity. Are you guys fully expect to get sort of a similar game plan that San Francisco threw at you? Just like kind of I mean, we, can, we, we always can, right? You know, on, on film, I don't think they've shown quite that. So you have to be ready for everything in this league. You have to make adjustments on the sideline. You know, you have to be have a plan for a backup plan. Um, so that's what we're doing. You know, we're getting ready for that. Especially, you know, we got to be ready for that, some of the stuff we got last week. Mm. Maybe I, as a middle linebacker, right, what do you pride yourself on most as a middle linebacker and why? So last game, there was a play where, you know, um, 70, 71 on the tackle. Yep, Trent Williams. Right? Trent Williams. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm so bad at football, guys. I know numbers. <laughs> Trent Williams, You're not sorry. bad at football. No disrespect at all. <laughs> Trent Williams, he uh it was a play, he was blocking me, and I was like, Man, can you like can't you leave me alone? And he was just like, I can't because you're always in the right place. Mm. He told me that on the field. And I was just like, I am, huh? Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I kinda find myself around this 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 field uh, that we call, you know, football field. So yeah, I pride myself on just being around the ball. How about that? That that compliment has to mean a lot. I was yeah, it, it meant a lot at the time because I was just like Okay, that makes sense. Why? You, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. I can just like picture in my mind, like after the whistle blows, you're like, man, thanks, man. <laughs> like, appreciate that. that. Was so no, nice it wasn't that. It was just like, man, I know. I'm just saying, you know, you know, happy Thanksgiving yeah, to you too. Yeah. Like, just mentally, like, leave me alone, yeah. man. Just mentally, maybe just having that that break of just. I know you wouldn't actually pat him on the back. You're like, man, appreciate that. Yeah. No, it was it was some smiling like involved for sure. If you could Frankenstein like your the best middle linebacker. Like, what attributes from who would you take from? Like, hmm. and it doesn't have to be like current players. It can be like, you know, Singletary's intensity, or, <laughs> you know, or like Seau's energy, or something, you know, something like that. I'll do uh, maybe like playing a run versus playing like coverage linebacker versus. I'll take my hands. I'll okay. do my hands. Yeah, you got good hands. I'll do that just because I don't want to like. Just do my whole self, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Hair. Just, 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 <laughs> just copy and paste what I, you know, me. Um, no, but we'll do, uh, 
We'll do. Uh, hmm. Darius Leonard on the on the on the fumbles. Oh, yeah, he's, he's ridiculous with that. Yeah, I've he's... never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll do Bobby Wagner as. Uh, I've seen these on Instagram, and it's kind of like you do Bobby Wagner as the head. As the head. Mm -hmm. you know, we'll we'll just do him as the, as the. Um, I guess the knowledge because he has the most experience, one of the most experienced yeah. in the game. You know, he's been doing it. We'll do that. We'll do one leg Devin White and one leg uh, Deion Jones. How about that? They're both, they're both fast. They're both this is a true player, isn't it? They're both super fast. We'll do, uh, we'll do um, from the Bears, 58. How am I forgetting? Oh, uh, no, um, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Yeah. What is, yeah. I mean, I, was thinking, I feel yeah. so bad. Like, this is my guy right here. Yeah. Roquan Smith. Yeah, he's, he's a baller, man. I figured you say like, he's a baller. So I'll say run like, stop, like. You know what I mean? Like he's just crafty. He's just a good. Football I'm glad player. you brought him up. He's so I, underrated, by the way, yeah. too. He's so good. I just, now you're trying to make up for it. Now you're trying <laughs> no, to make no, up. No, for no. That's my guy. That's my guy. I figured you say like Ray That's Lewis pop. I'm like, going all like current. current. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I respect so that. I, I kind of stick with that. I respect that. But, I, mean, I mean, I can keep going, but like going back to the point of like you being in the right place at the right time, as far as respect around the league, like that's gotta be a sense of like, man, like I'm doing something right that I'm starting to get respected. Like teams gotta, they got a game plan for me now versus when we're playing another team, like the middle linebacker isn't the person that we're always, okay, we gotta account for this guy. I feel a lot of respect in the league. I guess at the end of the day, you know, I play, I play for myself, you know, I enjoy the game, um, but you know, definitely play for the respect too, you mm -hmm. know, from your peers in the locker room and you know, the people around the league for sure. Kane Wangu has been one of the, the brightest spots on this team thus far this year, or at least the past past couple of games. As a middle linebacker, after giving up a touchdown and understanding that your offense has got to go out there and drive the ball out, we're going to get a break. How does it feel for you guys on the defense when he returns a kick and you know you got to get back out there? We got to go right back out there? <laughs> I'm not even tripping, honestly. I'm just so happy he scored. So. <laughs> Whatever we gotta do, you just your job, man. I'm gonna go do mine. How about that? It's definitely, it's definitely when you're. If it happens like a long drive, and yeah. it happens, you're kind of like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get right, you know. I gotta, <laughs> yeah, get your, you know, get your breath. Get, you gotta Smelling take a breath. Salt, you know, take a breath. You know, ask for help. You know, but you gotta get ready because your job's next. Uh, you know, the one thing that um, kind of going back to like the respect angle. I think the coolest thing that you guys do now that I was never a part of is the jersey swaps. Mm -hmm. I think that to me is like, I know that there's boys that you have on the other team, but like, it, I think it's the ultimate show of respect when like you go up to somebody and you, you may not be boys or have a history, but like, man, I'd love to have your jersey just because you respect that player. Like, has that happened to you either? Like somebody that you didn't know came up and asked for your jersey or you vice versa went up to somebody and said, speaking of Roquan, me and Roquan switched jerseys. Me and Fred Warner switched jerseys. Me and yeah, Darius. Fred Warner's a good, he's a good player too. We, we switched jerseys. Denzel Perriman. I got a lot of cool backers, man. Cam Jordan, like we talked about. Um, Marvin Jones. You know, Marvin Jones and Cam Jordan, those two jerseys, like, those are really cool for me to have because my brother went to Cal with them. Mm. So it was like I kind of grew up in high school watching those two, two, all three of them, you know, but just ball out and grind and try to make it to the next level. So it was like when I got that Marvin Jones jersey, when I got that Cam <laughs> Jordan jersey, it was like, like, damn, we've like, you know, we've, this, is where, we, this is where we are now, you know, versus, you know, yeah. back then. So it's pretty cool. Like, is it weird for a running back to ask for a linebacker for his jersey? I think that's, I, I would, you know, I feel like there's a bunch of running backs that I would want their jersey just really? because I'm like, I mean, 
Not a bunch, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. still, yeah. still, yeah. still <laughs> linebackers over here. Yeah, no, yeah. Still, still <laughs> no, still hard. Still hard but there, but there's some, there's some running backs where after the game, I'm like, man, like I respect that dude. Like you, it really feels like you just went went in like a, a boxing match or like a fight, yeah. you know, with them. Like he, he didn't relent. You know, they may have not had a crazy running game, but he, that, that dude brought it every time. And you know, sometimes I'm like, dang, yeah, you, you know, I would, I would definitely do switch switch jerseys with a running back for sure. Well, there's a guy who wears number 30 on Sunday. He plays for the Detroit Lions. His name is Jamal Williams. He probably will be the starting running back. DeAndre Swift is more of a Swiss Army knife. Jamal Williams, he gets downhill. Mm -hmm. Does anything change for preparing for him versus DeAndre Swift? Um, you know, you pair from both, obviously, usually, but uh, um, they're both they're both very capable. You know, they catch the ball in the screen game, mm -hmm. um, out of the backfield. Um, obviously a different, little bit different style of running, but um, yeah, you got to bring your pads behind both of them. You know, they both um, super good. Would you rather go against a guy that can shake you down or a guy that can run you over? It just depends. <laughs> it depends just the depends. type of mood you're in. That depends. <laughs> depends what the scheme is. I guess it's like Barry Sanders or Jerome Bettis. Ooh, well, some of the bigger backs, you know, um, sometimes I prefer those a little bit more because. If I can get to him quicker, you know mm. what I mean. Maybe it's not as like much momentum into the, you yeah. know, into the, what you think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they may fall forward, and you know, you have the, you know, um, the Chubs and the Hunts who are really hard running backs who fall forward and stuff like that. But um, there's something about you know that little uh, uh, mm. that provides a little extra, you know, worry, you know, <laughs> I guess. Especially if you, I mean, if you can have both, that's ideal, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I do remember a play. This was. This might have been the very first game of the season last year because what we opened with the Green Bay, I think, at mm -hmm. home last year, right? Mm -hmm. And AJ Dillon was a was a rookie last year, dude. He was downhill for like four or five yards, and you came screaming up, and you went right underneath, and you stood him up when he was basically going full speed. You get it to him quick, you know what I mean? And I was like, dang, like, <laughs> see, if I got to him faster than he expected me to, then maybe I was able to get win that matchup. You know what I mean? But that's so. a, that's a. That's a big thigh dude with the, you know, he had a lot of momentum and you just stonewalled him like, dang, I knew that you were like stout like that, but like yeah. you got him. Sometimes I square people up, you know, <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, I can do that sometimes, you know, um, it's low man, you know, low man's game, but, uh, it's also like, you kind of have to know what's happening as well. Yeah. yeah. Lowest man always win, but when it comes to winning, the highest points always win and we got to get a win on Sunday. We do. Last question. How do we do that? Man. I know your answer. Guess what? I know your answer. I knew it was coming. Okay, so check this out. <laughs> if we hold their, them to less points than what we score, technically we Wait, let me write game. this down. What formula is it? Is it A squared plus? <laughs> if Vikings have to score more points than Detroit, and then we get the win. So equals, Usually that's how it happens. So equals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you can't get minus points here. Victory. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Well, we're going to get a victory on Sunday, Vikings fans. And it's going to take a big effort from my guy, EK, from over here. And I know he's going to have a big game on Sunday. So I'm excited for you, man. Thank you for joining us. Wait, what did you say? You said four interceptions you're going to get? <laughs> <laughs> take care, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take over it. this interview. Hold on. <laughs> hey, sign us out there. All right, everybody. I want you guys to have a blessed, uh, blessed day, wherever you are in your life, wherever you are in the day. Um, remember to uh, look out for those around you. Um, try to be kind to those who uh, may need it in that time. You never know what people are going through. Um, but however, you know, treat yourself with a little bit of love as well. So take care. I'm out. 
Start a new tradition and support your community by volunteering and ringing bells at a Salvation Army Kettle location near you. Register to ring at SalvationArmyNorth.org. Welcome, welcome back to The Audible, presented by Verizon. Gabe Henderson here alongside Ben Lieber. And Ben, now we get to the point of the show where we talk about Sunday's matchup. Minnesota Vikings 5-6 and six against an 0-10-1 Detroit Lions team. And we've won eight straight, but going to Ford Field on the road for another week, this is going to be, in my opinion, a tougher matchup than what it was in October. It's a tough environment to play in. You know, I know that when you go to a place that's maybe not as exciting and they don't mm-hmm. bring as much juice as maybe you're used to with like a U.S. Bank Stadium, it is harder to kind of get your body up. Yeah. You know, everybody kind of had to go through that with COVID last year. You know, going to Ford Field, in my experience, is it's a little tougher. <laughs> you know, like the, the crowd just doesn't always bring the juice, especially pregame. So it's a little harder. So you really, it is a big gut check moment. And obviously, big crossroads for our team. They need to respond in a physical way um, against the Lions. And, and I think the one thing that everybody's appreciated about the Lions is they still play really hard. I mean, you turn on that film of last week on Thanksgiving Day and, you know, that defense is still flying around. Mm-hmm. You know, you still see some guys that, that are playing um, with a high level of motivation and they want to go out there and make plays. And so I think that's going to be the same thing. They're, they're not going to lay down and they're not going to, you know, lay over just for us. Alexander Madison is a running back that needs touches to get into a rhythm. Dalvin Cook is a guy, he's one play, you can get him one carry, and he may take it to the crib. Right. The fact that Alexander Madison is getting the start, we know he's going to play, I think that bodes well for this entire offense because we know he's going to get into a rhythm. And when Alexander Madison's in the rhythm, it opens up the pass game, it opens up everything. Mm-hmm. Like we're, I feel like we're more of a downhill run team with Alexander Madison because he's not a, a one-cut guy. He's a guy that is going to put his nose in the hole and, and try to make a play and get some yards after carry. I'm excited to see what he's going to do on Sunday. That's a good matchup to watch. Obviously, we need to have this run game going, even though we kind of talked about the importance of maybe using the pass to step the run a little bit. And maybe that's what they do. You know, maybe they use formations to kind of spread out this defense mm-hmm. a little bit and, um, and give him some more obvious running lanes. And I do agree that he is better when just get downhill. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be cute with anything. Dalvin can get cute. You know, mm-hmm. Dalvin can see something. He can bounce around a little bit. He's, he's got that athleticism to kind of start and stop right. and make things happen. Alexander, he's a little bit more of a bowling ball, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a hard guy to stop once he gets going. And as, as evident, the last time they played at U.S. Bank Stadium, they had a hard time just tackling the guy. And the guy, you know, he'll, he'll bust off, you yeah. know, 20-yard runs. You know, he, he has that capability. Um, the, one, the one matchup that I'll be watching myself is pretty much the same thing but just flipped. Okay. With Dan Campbell now calling the offensive plays, he is a much more old-school conservative approach than Anthony Lynn. They're going to test us. So can we step up to the test? I would love, love to see us walk away from this game and keep them under 100 yards rushing. I think it's possible. I think we're going to have some guys back on the starting defensive line. And, and I think our guys should go out there with something to prove. Our starting defensive line was Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, Armand Watts, and Dalvin Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. Michael Pierce didn't play that game. Michael Pierce is playing this upcoming Sunday. So the fact that we get him back, Sands, Daniil Hunter, and Everson Griffin, and possibly Mike, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson might play, I, I think that boosters our defensive line. They'll probably get some rushing yards, but I think they're going to have to get a little creative in how they do that. But I, I want to talk about a player who I think is going to have a big game on Sunday, and I think that's, that's Sheldon Richardson. Hmm. Sheldon Richardson in the past four games, one and a half sacks, nine pressures, five QB knockdowns, and seven QB hurries. He's playing against a guy in Taylor Decker who's only had three starts this year. We know he's, 
He's he's been in Detroit for for a long time now. He's he's their guy at left tackle, but he's having some struggles bending his hips, like mm-hmm. getting down, actually moving his feet. I'm not sure what his injury was, but he's been having some struggles the past couple of games. I mean, he's given up a sack in the last three games, and he's got four penalties. Like I, I think that bodes well for Sheldon Richardson, who's starting to gain some momentum, starting to get some juice, mm-hmm. and, and starting to make some plays for this defense. I think moving him around and keeping him fresh. Uh, as far as an edge rusher or maybe a three-technique rusher, I think that you can see him bring this other element to his to his his pass rushing repertoire. He's he's very disruptive. He's doing a great job with his hands. So, yeah, I think that um, you know watching him sort of blossom the last few weeks has been amazing. Who's your player to watch, though? My player to watch is going to be Justin Jefferson. Okay, and and I know that he he has been on a, a, a mini tear. The way that he looked after the game. He was completely dejected after this Niners game. He looked extremely disappointed. Um, he had sort of that fire in his eyes still at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to carry over that fire into this game. I think he has something to prove. I think they're going to they're continue to focus on him and make him wide receiver one and make him the top priority. I think he's going to get well over 10 targets. Now, does he have 10 catches? I don't know. That would be but, nice. That would be nice, but I think I think they're going to really emphasize the fact that we have to somehow, some way, get him the ball, and I think he's going to make uh, a, the secondary, which they're really happy about lately. I think he's going to make them look foolish. He had a big game in October, and then he passed Randy Moss for the rookie receiving record last year uh, in Detroit. So I, I think this is just I'm, I'm on I'm on board with you of JJ having a big game. I know we do this thing called winning formula. Each week, and you said JJ is going to have 200 receiving yards this week. Yeah, I think that's a I th- bold prediction, yeah, but it's possible. It's possible. You know, that's the thing. Like, I just think that he's poised for a big game. We're starting to see our offense really focus on him mm-hmm. and say, like, okay, we have to get the ball in his hands. Whether it's a you know a quick outside throw, a double pass, or something, reverse, you know, reverse, yep. you know, direct handoff, stuff like that. I just think that um, you know maybe I should have revised my bold prediction, said 200 all-purpose yards, but I kind of just left it out there as like 200 receiving yards, so I'll stick with it. Yeah, well, I know we always talk about um, the bold predictions on that show, and I think the last time we played the, the Detroit Lions, I said we have to win by 13 or more. I think two weeks previous, we had just beat the Seahawks by 13, so I was like, that is the standard. Yeah. But style points this week has to be the standard, whether that's 13, 10, uh, 8. I think the, the line right now is 7. Yeah. Style points are a thing. They haven't won a game. They're winless. Everybody knows what the Detroit Lions are. This is a team that we should beat. Yeah. Like we, we need to have that feeling in our mouths that we can dominate. We can take the teams that we're supposed to beat, and we can truly dominate them in all three phases. So that's what I'm hoping to see out of this game. And I think it is important. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we not only for the betters you know, beat mm-hmm. the spread, yeah. but I think that for our team, I think we need to go out and win by a couple touchdowns, win by 13 or 14 yeah. points. That, to me would be a bonus. That'd be the cherry on top of this win. I know we don't look too far ahead, but there would not be an audible show next week because we have a Thursday night football game against the Steelers. So after we beat the Lions, we got to take care of business on Thursday night football. Primetime purple against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Ben, quick 30 seconds. How do we continue this train of getting back on track against the Lions and then the Steelers? The formula for success um, is, is about winning the trenches. And I think our offensive line is doing a better job. I think we need to continue that. We have to go out and prove that whoever plays on the defensive front, I, I don't care. At this point, I don't care if, if it is just Michael Pierce and Dalvin mm-hmm. Tomlinson that are out. I, I think that these guys have had enough experience already, even the rookies, that our expectations are still high. Yeah. you got to go out there and you got to dominate. you got to play like a starter and act like a starter. 
And so I would like to see those guys take that next step and take ownership of the fact that nobody can run on us anymore. Mm. And if we can do that this week, and we can do that against, against uh, Najee Harris, I, I, you know, look, I have a lot of respect for what Roethlisberger has done in his career, but I think it's very evident that he's at the very end of his career. You cannot let that guy beat you. Mm-hmm. And, and you actually should force the ball in his hands. So that means we have to stop the run again mm-hmm. on Thursday night against the Steelers. Because if they get the run game going, it's going to look just like it did against the San Francisco 49ers with just a marginal quarterback. We made that quarterback look a lot better mm-hmm. because we couldn't stop the run. We cannot let Roethlisberger in his, in his old age uh, come, <laughs> come into our stadium and tear us apart because we can't stop the run. I feel like you wanted to say something else after old, but we'll just leave age <laughs> as the word that you use. <laughs> Vikings fans, we got to get a win, and we need your support. We need you at Ford Field on Sunday. We need you at U.S. Bank Stadium next Thursday. So bring the noise, bring the energy, bring everything you got. This is it for the Audible for this week. So this is it, man. I love it. Love it always having you on. Missed you last week, but glad you're on this week. Ben, always a pleasure talking always to pleasure, you. Man. For my man, Ben Lieber, EK, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Audible presented by Verizon. Thank you all for joining us on this week's episode of the Audible. The Audible is presented by Verizon with 5G built right for the Vikings. Minnesota can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality.